Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. I am the Good Shepherd. It's a well-known phrase and statement of Jesus. We're very familiar also with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. But I want to scratch underneath the surface of this idea. Of all the professions for God to align himself to, I'm not sure that we would all necessarily have chosen the shepherd. In our industrialised Western world, we perhaps, uh, I uh, glamorise the shepherd. It's a kind of romantic idea. It's uh, something that uh, is filled with peace and sem- simplicity. What was that role like in the New Testament and Old Testament times? Well, it was an important role. It certainly wasn't the lowest of the low in terms of jobs, but neither was it the most skilled job and uh, neither was it the most well-paid job. It was a kind of middle-ranking, lower-middle-class job. A job that was important, but it didn't necessarily carry the respect of the community. It wasn't necessarily somebody's lifelong ambition to be a shepherd. So it's all the more startling when David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And one of the things that's startling about that phrase is, of course, that David is linking himself to a sheep. Now, if a shepherd was kind of a mid-status role, the sheep was definitely at the lower end of the scale. And we know that sheep are not known for their intelligence. They're not the wisest animals. They get themselves into all kinds of trouble. That's why you need a shepherd. Other herds of animals don't need the same level of care and supervision. But sheep do because they're not wise enough to recognise danger They're not wise enough to know where they are. They're foolish enough to go off on their own and to stray and to get lost and to be uh, in places that are dangerous. So it's an odd idea that David and the New Testament and the Old Testament wants to liken humanity to sheep. It's a, a little bit insulting. And when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd... He is not saying, I am the wisest person in the world. He's not saying, I am the job that you always aspire to. He's saying, I've come with a role that you're familiar with from the Old Testament. So this comes in John chapter 10 and verse 11. We've been chuntering our way through John's gospel and chapter 10. And we read these words in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's a phrase that's repeated in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And it's, uh, we know with repetition that things are important. So he's not just uh, dr- uh, dropping in that he's the good shepherd. He's wanting to emphasise that he is the good shepherd. And originally, I uh, was just going to do one talk on this. But as I've looked into it, it seems to me there are three important things for us to explore. The first one is this link with Psalm 23, which I'm going to do now. The second one is the link with Ezekiel 34 and the contrast with the bad shepherds. And the, why does Jesus call himself the good shepherd? Why is he emphasizing the word good? And then the last part is the last part of this verse where he says that uh, he lays down his life for the sheep, and we'll come to that in a couple of talks' time. 
So let's look at Psalm 23. It is an extraordinary statement because in the, uh, in the New Testament times, they were familiar with the idea that God acted as a shepherd, that he guided. They'd come to terms with being like sheep who get lost and that God was the one who shepherds. Psalm 23, the Psalm of David was familiar to them as it is to us. The Lord is my shepherd. But what is extraordinary is for a human being to say, I am the good shepherd. The Lord is uh, L-O-R-D, capitals, meaning that the word is Yahweh, which is I am who I am. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, there's a word play. I am who I am. I'm Yahweh. And Jesus is saying, God has come among them. And as we look at Jesus, we see the very nature, the very character of God. We see God who has come among us. We see Emmanuel, God with us. And it's important that as we look at Jesus, we gain an understanding of what God is like. And as we unpack the reference that Jesus is making to being the shepherd, we understand and need to apply how God is coming into our lives. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. God has come to bring contentment. Now, when the, the, the sheep has said that they lack nothing, that doesn't mean the sheep has all the money and all the resources in the world. It means the sheep is content with what it has and doesn't envy or aspire or long for something else. And Jesus comes as God into our lives, wanting us to have contentment, to know that we lack nothing. That isn't fulfilling the greatest shopping list that we could imagine and having absolutely everything in the world. No, it's being content with what we have and being able to say as we look at our resources and the simplicity of our life, being able to look at it and say, I lack nothing. And God wants to enable that to be a truth that we can say. That we can say, honestly, I lack nothing. I have all I need. I have love. I have relationships. I have purpose. I have a shelter. I have food. I have friendships. I have all I need. And in this world of striving and advertising and the, the envy of social media and just thinking if we could just have this next thing and this other thing or what others have, that we would be content. Jesus wants to come as our shepherd and lead us to the place where we say, this is all I need. Lead us to still and quiet waters. He leads me beside quiet waters. God has come to bring rest. And I'm going to contrast this with something else in the psalm in a moment or two. But here we need to understand that God is coming to bring peace. He is coming to bring rest. He wants our very spirits and hearts to be still. The shepherd brings us to the place of tranquility, to the place of beauty, to the place of safety, to the place of peace. And that's where Jesus wants to lead us in our lives. Now, he knows where that place is. He knows the best place. Now, we may have all our ambitions and ideas about where we're going to be happiest, but we need to allow the shepherd to guide us. We need to allow Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, whispering in our lives to lead us to the place of tranquility and rest 
and peace, where he refreshes our soul, where we find renewal, where we are restored, where we are rebuilt, where our confidence and our self-esteem and our inner being is well, where there is shalom, wholeness within. And the shepherd wants to lead us through this place of contentment, lacking nothing, this place of rest and to be refreshed and restored. Why? Well, here's the contrast with the previous verse. Because he wants to uh, guide us on the right paths. Why? For his name's sake. The paths that Jesus wants to lead us down are to the glory of Jesus. They are to display his love and power in the world. So he refreshes us. He leads us to a place of peace. He leads us to a place of contentment in order that we may glorify him. And he guides us to live a life that points to Jesus, that causes people to say, I love who Jesus is because I see his character and his personality in those who claim to be his disciples. His name's sake. And that was one of the things that particularly struck me as I looked at this passage, that sometimes we think that God just guides us to the place of peace. But the place of peace and contentment is also the place that glorifies God. And he refreshes us and equips us for that moment. And this verse, if you like, is a bit of transition from the place of peace to the verse that comes next that we're often familiar with. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So he wants to guide us and give us an inner peace and a strength that enables us to cope with difficulty, loss, grief, opposition, persecution, disappointment, frustration, ill health, decay and death. And we will walk through those valleys but he will walk with us, having refreshed and restored and prepared us for it. He comforts us with his presence. You are with me, David says in Psalm 23, verse 4. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How do a rod and staff comfort? Well, they're the tools of the shepherd. They're evidence of his presence. He is there, but he's there as a protector and a guider. That's what the rod and the staff do. They ward off wild animals. They gently nudge the rear of the sheep into the right path. They uh, break down the thorns. They stable and clear the path. And God's presence through the shadow, through the valley, is to bring peace in the times of difficulty, to protect, to guide, to lead, to clear, to nudge, to prod, to push, to shield. His rod and his staff are our comfort because he is with us in the times of difficulty. Yes, he leads us to the quiet waters, but there will be times when as he leads us to the place that glorifies him, the journey takes us through a valley. And David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I think this is a phrase that sometimes we don't dwell on or understand. David is saying, there will come a point when I am vindicated, 
when those who accuse me of failure, when those who reject me, when those who oppose me will see that God has been with me and that actually my obedience to God is vindicated because he provides for me a feast that overflows and my enemies see that God has honoured and valued and respected and rewarded me. And Jesus has come to bring vindication. For those of us who in following the shepherd find ridicule, find opposition, find rejection, find that we are marginalised, find that we lose out materially, find that we are the victims of abuse, there will come a time when the shepherd will vindicate us, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. And those who have been our enemies will see that God has been with us. And Jesus is saying, I am the one who brings this about. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. There is a joy that is to come, that is overflowing, that is boundless. The cup of wine is the symbol of celebration. It's the symbol of joy. It's the symbol of happiness. And there will come a time, even though we walk through the valley, when the cup will overflow. Endless, boundless, unimaginable joy awaits us. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Some of the translations say your unfailing love and mercy. And this is what Jesus is bringing into our lives. When he allies himself with the good shepherd, when he allies himself with Psalm 23, he says, my unfailing love and mercy will be with you forever, all the days of your life. Whatever sin, whatever mess, whatever alienation, however far we run, however lost we get as a, as a sheep, however far we stray from the shepherd, his unfailing love will be with us, will rescue and restore and redeem and he will seek us out and bring back the lost. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God has come in the form of Jesus to bring eternal life. And he's come to offer that to us, that we might not die and be destroyed, but that we might die and be raised to a life of joy and vindication and peace and contentment and fulfillment for his glory. So a question for us to reflect on. What aspect of the shepherd do we feel Jesus wants to bring to us? It may be contentment, it may be rest, it may be renewal, it may be guidance to glorify, it may be peace in difficulty, it may be a comforting present, it may be vindication or future joy or unfailing love and mercy or eternal life. He wants to bring all of those things, but I'm asking which of those right now is the whisper of the Spirit of Jesus in our hearts saying, I want you to know this now. Let's open ourselves up and allow the shepherd with his rod to gently lead us back, to guide us, to prod us, to ward off the evil. Let's pray. 
Spirit of Jesus, come as our shepherd and guide us to the place of contentment, of peace, of wholeness. Will you guide us to be those who glorify you? Will you lead us as we walk through the shadows? As we experience difficulty and enemies, will you vindicate? And set our eyes and hearts on the joy that awaits us. We rejoice. And Lord, we ask you as our shepherd to guide us for your glory. Amen.